A Squared Podcast, it's me, it's me, it's me, DJ A-Ron, alongside my brother, Mr. Cornbread. What's going on, man? How are you? What up? How the listeners out there, man? How I, you doing, DJ? I know they got to be doing good and feeling good around this time of the year, man. Everybody's about to go broke trying to find their loved ones, right? <laughs> yeah, I know we definitely um, talk about different topics, but this is a good one, man. We're, we're going to talk to the single people out there, man, all the people who's in relationships. If it ain't working out, listen to this podcast. All right, let's we do it. Who, who we got? Who we got on the? Who we got on the line with us today, man? So we have uh, Jennifer Miyaki, who is a matchmaker. So how are you doing, Jennifer? Very good. Thanks. No problem. Thank you for uh, taking the time out to be on our podcast today. Um, before you became a matchmaker, can you give us some history on who you are? Um, kind of what made you want to go into that field, et cetera. Sure. So. Um, I have been a professional matchmaker for 15 years. I'm into my 15th year and, um, I just had a good experience using services. I've always been sort of that adventurous type, you know, try everything once. And when I first moved to Atlanta, I live with my brother who wouldn't let me date any of his friends. He would say I was ready to say no shirt. And, uh, so, so there was, a um, a dating service that I got ad in the local paper, and I went down there the next day and joined, and I just had a good experience um, having, you know, men take me out in different great restaurants all over the city, drinking too much. Um, yeah. It was just a really fun time. It was a great way to know Atlanta. And um, when I met who would later become my boss, I said, hey, you should hire me. I'd be great at this. I mean, I thought it was so fun. It was crazy. People got paid to do that. So, Basically, bounced around a few jobs in my 20s and um, always went back to that because I thought it would be fun and eventually work for a dating service. So um, so you said uh, 15 years in Atlanta. Yeah, you definitely sound like a Southern girl. <laughs> yeah, this is how God sounds. <laughs> so, it's, so, so you are from uh, Atlanta or? I'm from Columbia, South Carolina. South Carolina. There you go. Okay, gotcha. So um, I guess one of the things that I wanted to ask you um, personally is, you know, with matchmaking, um, how do you get around those people who may have certain types? You know, how sometimes they, somebody would be like, well, this is my type of person. I like this guy. He's tall. Or I like this girl. You know, she's I like black girls or I like this. I like that. Do you have to take all that information in? And then try to match them with someone that's with that criteria, or what is your what do you yeah think? what do you yeah do? unfortunately I mean like uh, um you know I am of the belief that you give somebody what they want that's what they pay me to do and then if they can they can get that person yay for them if they can't then they need to be open to listen to other ideas right. so. So yeah, I mean, I I'll say things um, that will say, you know, like I had a girl, a guy this week who only wanted to date Asian women that were dynamic that had older kids, and I'll try to what? open them up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's like your standard, like a standard. Not that most them want Asian women here, but like, I mean, that's kind of like a normal request. Is something very specific like that. That's why they hire matchmakers. It's too hard to find them. But um, but all I say is, hey, listen, if I have a Caucasian girl or a different ethnicity or you know biracial girl, whatever it may be, that is everything you're looking for, but not Asian. Do you even want to hear about her? Or are you open to going on a date? And usually they'll say yes. 
So uh-huh. you just ask them if, you know, they could be slightly open to something slightly outside their box. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's good. Um, so with you being in the profession for 15 years, um, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes, good and bad. From what I've noticed, obviously a lot of social media apps have popped up, like the Tinder or eHarmonies. Do you think that's helped your business, hurt your business, or what? What do you think about those applications? Um, I think that it initially hurt us because it was so accessible, but now it's helped us because, um, you know, people don't value things they get for free, you know, so they don't like – you know, men don't necessarily ask a woman out on a date. They talk to her back and forth. They flake out. They ghost her. And women get sick of that and they join matchmakers. And because um, men have done that so much to women, then they're flaky too. So it's created this weird thing when they have this free service. And now they have to pay somebody because they have to vet that people are actually serious because that is what's going on out there. It's kind of like the economic curve, you know, it, it had its heyday, but it's past the heyday and it's on the decline. So, right. yeah. So what about expectations like from, um, from a person that comes to you guys, um, you know, <laughs> seeing that we're in such a, um, a movie era and everything, you know, so it's like uh, you get the, the hitch people, the movie people, they, well, they watch the movie hitch you know what I mean? And they think that you're just going to uh, hook them up with this, you know, one person uh, or, or many different people or whatever. Do you ever get those people who come in with an expectation that you are for sure going to take them to the next level? Can I be honest? I do. Sometimes. Nice. I do nice. take them to the next level. I mean, I'm nice. a very good matchmaker. And a lot of times, nice. like, they literally, like that guy, he can't meet a dynamic Asian girl with young kids. I know she is. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, so it's not that it can't be done, um, but you do have the type of person that, you know, let's say is unattractive and weird and wants a smoking hot girl who's interesting, but, who but, thinks the problem is he hasn't met her, and have to be like, no, see, that's not. Here's what she said about you. So sometimes, you know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't know. Like we do give them what they're looking for, mm-hmm. but sometimes they have to be. They have to. Life has to give them a reality check, which needs to happen because clearly they thought that that was, you know, their type all this time. Right. And right. how do you, how do you do that? How how do you? So are you like a blunt person, or do you kind of just try yeah. to let them down easy? No, I'm pretty blunt. I mean, you know, I I, I do. Um, you know, I do the Southern thing, so I say, like, why they're great and what I love about them, and here's their – but here's what this girl said. Hmm. Now, hang in there. You're a winner. I call it the shit sandwich, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, lots of compliments. This is what happened. You're still a winner. Hang in there, kid. Let's just tweak it a little bit. Right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, um, so let's talk through, I guess, the process of, you know, it's Valentine's Day is coming up and this is a square podcast. Um, let's say people are going out on their first date this week or second date or maybe third date. Mm-hmm. What's some tips that you would give for men to know that a woman is into them and vice versa? What tips would you give to the women to let them know that the man is into them? Well, I mean, if they asked you out on Valentine's Day, they definitely like you. And if she's going... On Valentine's Day, she definitely likes you. So that should be clear. 
Um, and, you know, I think women are hard to date. I mean, in that, like, if a woman says she'll go out with you again, you need to assume she likes you. I think women are really picky now that they have so many options with social media and matchmakers and apps and stuff like that. I mean, if she agreed to a date, she likes you. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. Right. I feel you. And what about uh, women? If, how would they know that a guy's into them? If he asks you out. I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, did he call you again and ask how he likes you? Like, I mean, right? You guys are guys. You don't ask girls out you don't like hanging out with. You're not hey, doing it because you're bored. That's a fact, that's a fact right there. <laughs> so do you do you yeah. have a lot of um do you have a lot of people with with confident issues? You know what I mean? Like the guys who might be they might have something going they got stuff going for themselves, but they lack that confidence to engage in conversation because today's age is so much social media and texting and you know this that like that type of stuff. Yeah. But holding a physical like standing there with a conversation, do you have those people that lack that confidence? Um, I was gonna go off on a different direction, which I'll probably come back to because I think I think it's pretty interesting. But yes, I think that um that you know, I'm forty three years old and when I talk to people that are under thirty and maybe even under thirty five, so much conversation is done via text. So to me, it makes you socially weird, I agree. right? Because yeah. you're on your phone, you're thinking about what you're going to say and looking for a funny meme and how you're going to answer back. Like you've got all this time to think about how you're going to respond, and that's not life. You know what I'm right. saying? So I do think that they can be a little bit like, uh, you know, a little bit stunted about how to get the conversation going. Right. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to talk about what you were gonna deviate from? No, yeah. So, so like at, at our service, I started doing um, only thirty-five and up because I don't understand this text culture. I think so, so. Like, I think it's really weird if like I have guys calling me, and I mean, it it actually happens, you know, in their sixties too, because they'll say because it's just. Text has just become this cultural thing. I've texted her. I haven't heard back. I mean, I personally believe text is for wusses. I'm going to say how I think it. Like, if you like that girl, why didn't you ask her out when you she was in front of you? Right. Like, right. she might have said, I will go out two days with you. You, like, made this way harder than it needed to be. You waited three days later, thought all what you're going to say via text. Now you're looking at your phone every few hours to see if she texts you back. How, when did she text you back? What did she say? What does that say mean? I mean, like, you just made it way harder than it needs to be. Why did you do that to yourself? It's abusive to yourself. And then, you know, and then secondly, if you didn't do that there, then call her. You can tell whether people are interested. Just like when you right. interview people, right? Mm -hmm. You can tell when they're in flux in their voice. You cannot tell via text. And so, like, people are constantly calling me to analyze three days of text. I mean, I find it annoying. I mean, I'm just like, please call them. I had right. this woman named Ellen do this this great guy recently. She went on a date with him. He talked about going on a second date, but hadn't called her. And she's like, what do you think I ought to do? And I'm like, I think you ought to call him. And she's like, what? <laughs> I'm a woman. And I'm like, well, Ellen, I mean, you know, what is the worst thing that can happen? Like, he tells you, don't want to go out with you? Like, it's going to be okay. What's the best thing that can happen? Y'all go on a great date. They've been on, they had a fantastic second date. They're going on a third date. 
I also think that's stupid when women get so caught up in like, you know, he needs to call me. I haven't. I mean, it's like stop. There's a whole sexual revolution. Just call the guy. You're going to know if you're not an idiot if he's not that into you based on how he responds and if he never asks you out. You need to trust your instinct. But, like, you know, it's stupid that women do so well and are so confident, but they're, like, waiting on a guy to text them for days. That's stupid. Like anyway, that's oh, I agree. No, and you could take the, you could take the, uh, the what they call it, a uh, text text tone by the tone of the text it didn't seem like she was interested in me I yeah have... it's, it's, that's crazy <laughs> the tone of the text i mean it's just that's crazy i literally and had then, a friend yeah. i literally had a friend tell me that he, he was like man yeah i was talking to her man she sound cool but then you know the tone of her text was like she wasn't really interested i said bro why didn't you just call her and he was like because it just why didn't did seem like she was her? interested i'm like how do you know that you don't even know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And so, so yeah, that's it. And the guys will just give up. And, like, meanwhile, the girl was at work. An appointment came. Like, they just misread what? each other. I mean, so much misreading goes on. I also think the nicest guys, they, like, want to give a girl an out. So they text her instead of instead of asking her out directly because they're like, you know, look, I mean, I don't want her to have to go out with me. She doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to go. But by doing that, they appear less confident and not like an alpha male, and it's a turnoff for women. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of women out there, my coworkers included, they find it very aggressive if a guy calls them, and they might text back. But, listen, it's not aggressive, okay? You're not showing up at their door by saying, hey, I'd really like to talk to you. I had a great time seeing you. We'd love to talk about where we go next. Call me when you can. And if the girl texts back, obviously she wants to do it via text. But, you know, I think that you swing the bat. And otherwise, you're just in this limbo of trying to analyze somebody else's motivations. I like it, man. So you know, I think it's just millennial culture that you're that you're facing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so based off of those things and your feelings on about texting and stuff. So can you tell us some um, some positive stories that you've seen that you put couples together and some horror stories or negative ones that you've seen that you know that this ain't gonna work out. Um. Okay. Um, positive. Yeah. I mean, that, that happens. I would think it happens for matchmakers fairly often. You just get like, I just had a guy leave my office and I'm not Jewish, but I call it a mitzvah. I met this girl that was Jewish on Friday and she described what she was looking for. And it was, it was him. And within minutes he called and you know, you just know, you just know that they're looking for each other they describe what they're looking for and they sound like each other. So that's just sort of, uh, maybe it's lucky, but, um, and you always know, I'd say that happens to 35% of my clients. They meet somebody. It's in the first three matches. They describe what they're looking for. I know that other person's looking for them. And that's when it goes down. That happens a lot. Um, there's many stories like that. Um, and then bad, bad stuff. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's usually just people wanting to date out of their league, you know, um, just the average looking boring dude trying to date, you know, twenty years younger. <laughs> yeah, right. And he's boring. You're like, oh god, this is gonna be interesting. 
so you know, you just you gotta put him out there because he obviously hasn't learned that lesson yet. So, and you know, life's gotta teach you some lessons. Nice, nice. So, um, I am gonna change the name of these people. Um, okay. I once had a client, let's call her Heather, and she's an attorney and she dated one of my clients and had a fling with him and basically didn't want to be in a relationship with her. And then I sent her out on a date and she had a, like two people talking about politics and the guy drank way too much. So she showed up in my office saying how it just wasn't working. These men weren't serious and she wanted a refund. And I had to do what I like to call my Jolie and Michaels on her and was like, hang in there, girl. I mean, seriously, you just hadn't finished this thing. And she was like, whatever. I'll go on a couple more dates. Two dates later, she met the guy she married. Oh, so, right. yeah. And then, um, and then Meg and Paul, I mean, Meg is a good friend of mine. She's all over. She's on CNN with me. Um, so Meg was a good friend of mine. She joined the service. She went to an eight at eight dinner and there was a guy that got drunk and was obnoxious. And, you know, he ruined everybody's dinner. And then she went to a happy hour and she's like, all these dudes are losers and brought her friend. And strangely enough, at that happy hour, the guy that she married was there. And so the whole thing is about hanging in there. I mean, um, you know, like life isn't always that easy. I mean, some people lose weight and like, you know, they can just stop eating French fries with their burgers and, you know, run a day a week and like they're fit and other people really have to bust their butt i would say the average person has to work at this i mean i hired a matchmaker two different times and i met my husband on the ninth date the second time so i think a lot of people give up too quickly you know yeah i like it it. yeah negative stories yeah you got one yeah so about somebody talking about their ex all the time yeah, I mean, this happens a lot. Like, I'll get a guy, I gotta tell you, usually it's men on this, but sometimes it's women. And when it's women, they just talk about their ex and they're bitter and they are like trying to make the man sympathize with them. And same thing with, you know, maybe a man who's been cheated on. He is just sort of opening up and bearing his soul, which is is nice, right? I mean, at least he's venerable, but. When they do that on a first date, that woman, you, you, it's like you're playing poker. You showed her all her hands. She feels like she's your therapist. She needs to refer you to her therapist. That's real bad. You know, so just try to, like, keep it together. Um, same thing with men. When they, I work with a lot of very successful men. You know, they'll talk about money or places they can take a girl. And what men need to understand is when a woman comes to a matchmaker, she's not broke. She bought the service too. So they look like douchebags. I mean, honestly, if you're bragging about your money in general, you're like a douchebag. But, like, especially here, she thinks it's really weird. Right. Yeah. Do you ever um, get, get those people who may you try and attempt to use your service to meet people for sex, not to meet people for love? Do you feel like you ever get people like that? Or do you make it clear in the very beginning, like, this is not that type of, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Do you ever get those type of I would say that happens, like, 2% of the time. Okay. Okay. And when it happens, I have to, you know, I call, I mean, we tell the clients, it's like setting them up 
on a date with a friend. So I've definitely made that call before where I've been like, let's call him Brandon. Brandon, um, the women keep telling me that you're inviting them up to your place for a nightcap after making out with them, and they think you want to sleep with them. And they call me to discuss this like complaining. And, you know, I vouch for you saying what a good guy you are. So I'm hoping you can, you know, keep that to tender and not use it at my service. Nice. nice. Well, I mean, you know, so like, but it's so rare because really the wonderful thing about hiring a matchmaker is if you have a good one, that matchmaker is vouching for you and she's telling you her true opinion. Um, it's usually a girl uh, that's doing it about, about somebody. So if a man screws that up, um, they're, how their match has changed and, and we kick them out of the service. I mean, if their behavior is really bad. Right. Absolutely. I like um, Jennifer, we're going to give you an opportunity to, you know, brag a little bit. If you want to say some statistics or tell people how they can reach you, you know, so if you can get some services too, you know, because Valentine's day is coming up. They might, and some people who might need that, uh, that assistance from you. Thanks, bud. So I'm a professional matchmaker in Atlanta. So all of my dates happen in the city of Atlanta. But we do have some clients that, you know, are snowbirds or just fly through here frequently for work. So happy to take those kinds of people. Um, we are locally owned. Um, we're not a big national service, which means we know everybody in person that we ever work with. We've met them in person that they go out on a date with. So we have two different services. One of them is called 8 at 8 Dinner Club. It's called 8 at 8 because it's four girls, four guys having dinner at around 8 o'clock. It's been in Atlanta 20 years. It's so popular now that we do dinner parties every week with three to five tables a month and then big socials every month. So it's a big, you know, if you live in Atlanta, this is like a great way to um, meet educated professionals, uh, network socially, and really learn the city. 888 so fun. And then we have one-on-one matchmaking, and that's just for people that don't want to do it in a group setting, more of a tailor-made fit. It's traditional matchmaking, probably like what you've seen on TV, but with like a little more sweetness, just a little bit more. Nice. Right, you want to give them your email or anything like that? So yeah, sure. A, a number or something like that so they can contact you? Sure. Okay, so my phone number, you guys can just call direct, is 404-355-7828. And I'm Jennifer Myotke. I'm the president of the company. And then uh, the website, 8 at 8, is just 8 using the numeral. The word at, 8 using the numeral again, dot com. And then one-on-one matchmaking is one, like writing the stick, O-N, one matchmaking.com. Nice. A Square Podcast, DJ Aaron, and my brother Cornbread. Jennifer, we really appreciate you for joining us, taking the time to talk to the people out there, especially during this time of the year, you know. So uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This was so fun. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So, and the okay. listeners out there, there ain't no excuses now. We helped y'all out enough. <laughs> That's right. There ain't no excuses. <laughs> Call Thank me. You, Jennifer. Call All her right, thanks, or guys. email her. Don't text her. <laughs> yeah, right, I, don't, I hate that. I hate that. All right.